Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about the role of reconfiguring one's life purpose and creative expression in one's well-being is Pavna Isar. Pavna is the CEO and founder of Caregiver Sati, a social enterprise that aims to create an ecosystem of well-being for the informal caregivers who are the primary caregivers to a family member with terminal illness or with chronic medical conditions. She believes that the healthcare system needs to be reimagined with a perspective of the caregiver in a way that there is a systemic change, social change, such that technology can enable humanity. How are you doing today, Pavna? I'm very well, thank you, Jason. Well, thank you for being here today. Um, before we get started, uh, for those that are joining us live today on the webinar, if you have any questions, type those questions in, and time permitting, we will do everything in our power to get those questions answered. Pavna, I'd like to start with a question. What do you mean by life's purpose? So, um, I do think that, you know, this is a fairly existential question uh, that many of us would grapple with. For example, I think uh, you could say that a philosopher uh, may say, uh, who am I and why am I here? And uh, each one of us at some point in time point in time in our lives will have this question that is, what is the purpose of my being and why am I here? I might be one of the seven billion on the planet today, but I still need to feel a sense of meaning and sense of purpose. And my life, my being here might be insignificant in the larger scheme of things, but it still needs to have a sense of meaning and purpose for me to go about my life in a certain way, with a certain quality of well-being. And that's what I mean by life purpose. So I'd like to take that life's purpose and get an understanding, how does it relate when it comes to aging? Yeah. So uh, as we go through life, uh, some psychologists might say that each stage of our life has an associated developmental trauma or let's just say the pangs of growing up and uh, life can assume a different meaning especially when the conventional expectation is that you know one has to grow up one has to you know this this is the world of adults and one has a certain contribution to make etc so in a certain way life is on the uh, on the upward trend if you may and then there is a certain point when given our um, economy and our society you tend to retire and you tend to have lesser and lesser social relevance and it is at that point when the question of what is the purpose of your life can be a significant question to answer so the purpose of your life could be in your younger age about you know becoming the person of your ambition achieving your ambition uh, having a social role having a family so on and so forth but as you go through life and as you know society and your roles change you can tend to lose a sense of purpose of what is the purpose of your being and uh, when it comes to aging, being able to reconfigure what 
the way that you hold this purpose of your life becomes very significant. Now, it's safe to say, Pavna, since obviously we're getting, we're, we're an aging society. So when we talk about aging, we're not saying just 55, somebody that could be 90. So their purpose could evolve, right? 100%. 100%. Um, so how important is it to know your life's purpose, uh, not just as we're younger, but as we age? How important is that? So the purpose of your life does not have to be a static idea. I think the purpose of your life is a dynamic idea. It is the way that you see yourself in the context that you're in at that point of time. So. The purpose of my life could have been something in my teens, the way that I saw myself in the environment that I was in, but it was very different in my 20s, very, very different in my 30s, and so on and so forth. So the idea of the purpose of your life, or many of you may know the idea of an ikigai, for example, is not a static idea. And what I'd like to propose is that that concept or that purpose or that ikigai is a dynamic thing which can keep changing over a period of time. I agree 100%. So let's talk about caregivers, if we will, when it comes yes. to aging. Is it important for the, the aging population to explain or express their life's purpose to their caregivers or is this something they just internalize? No, I think uh, being able to not just understand, but being able to articulate and being able to share it with, uh, you know, people who are around you can actually enable you to uh, achieve your purpose or maybe your childhood dreams at various points of time. So, for example, when we are children, we have a long list of dreams maybe it's never one dream, right? You want to be this, that, and the other, and it keeps changing. But when life really happens, you go after one career, or maybe one thing, or maybe two things, but there can be many unachieved dreams. And I think that aging is that lovely phase in which you can really go after your childhood dreams and achieve them. And I actually have a story to share as well. Please, please, let's hear it. I'd love to hear it. All right. So here we are. She's always enjoyed celebrating her birthday. The year she turned 50, she had announced that henceforth, she decided to age in reverse. The following year, she'd be celebrating her 49. This year, on the 20th of August, she officially turned 70. She marked the milestone with a realization of a childhood dream, that of publishing a book of her poems. This milestone has been long in the making. Poetry has always hung around in our home with many who express by writing, but it has taken a back seat in the humdrum of life. After my father's untimely death due to a terminal illness, she worked through her grief and loss by painting and poetry. 
Often the expression would be a spontaneous trigger from an exploration as she found purpose through her inner work in experiential labs. She wrote here and there, often as a Facebook post or on scraps of paper. One day she expressed her desire of publishing a book, her book of poems. I thought it was a great idea and encouraged her to collect all her writings up until then. I also thought it would keep her occupied. She started writing in a book, but there weren't enough to publish a book. She needed at least 50 by her own estimate for it to be a respectable collection. I encouraged her thinking it would keep her occupied with a goal and a purpose. You know, Jason, I may have gone to a business school and you may have read this in books or learned this in workshops, but this story is what it means to leverage your strengths and chase your dreams in practice. She announced that she would like to publish, publish her book by her 70th birthday. For nearly a year and a half, this meant writing four to six poems every month. She had been the school magazine editor as a school teacher, and I'm sure that helped. Soon, she was sitting on nearly 70 poems. This was good. She felt she could sift the poems for the better one. But we had time till her birthday, and she was getting restless. When she suggested, that these many poems were not enough to have a respectable volume, I jumped at the idea. With a straight face, I suggested that she should actually write a prelude or a context for each of the poems to help the reader. After all, how would the reader relate with the poems otherwise? And all this while in my mind, thinking that she should keep, that this should keep her occupied for at least a few more months. But here we were, a few months and all done. Not just done with a new edition of poems, now as many as 120. As the number of poems grew, she realized that there were themes that they could be classified in. The dominant ones being, which were conversations with my dad and were about their love story. And the title of the book emerged. Uh, it, uh, the title is in Hindi but it translates to my emotions and ode to my Arun, Arun being my dad's name. With no choice now but to find a publisher, she gave us a week or so and finally found one herself. She was at my place doing the final proofreading of her poems and eager to recite them to me and get a response. I heard a couple of them. I've heard them all before, but that doesn't count, you know. A poet wants an audience. So I suggested to her that she build her YouTube channel. After all, what was the whole, that was the whole world moving to these days. And I thought it should keep her occupied at least for some time. So here we are, we celebrated her 70th birthday on the 20th of August as a Zoom call where she announced the publication of her book and the launch of her YouTube channel. So many of her friends, family, students, she's a teacher, so she has been a teacher. New colleagues joined from all over the world. Many sent messages as notes and videos. A friend even composed music to one of her poems. One of her nephews wrote a poem on her and painted a picture of her. She was excited and thrilled as a child. After all, 
It was the realization of a childhood dream, an expression of living life to its fullest. Although it has been very challenging as, let's say, a caregiver or a daughter to grapple with her energy, I'm delighted the way that she has taken each challenge head on. I'd like to present to you the newly published poetess, my mother, who calls herself Kumut Tanhai and who continually challenges herself and sets an example. I'm so proud of this person who has the passion to chase her childhood dreams and is also my mother. So here's to realizing her childhood dreams and not letting age or any curveballs coming in the way. That's wonderful. It's wonderful stuff. It's touching. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to touch on ter uh, caregivers one more time, Pavna, please. We've yes. already talked about the the individual's life's purpose and whether they should share it with a caregiver. Yes. Do you believe that the caregiver should ask an individual what their life purpose is? Absolutely. Maybe they should even ask, what are your childhood dreams? What are your unfulfilled desires? What is it that you always wanted, but never had the time for? These are all questions that can be asked and uh, explored, and they may or may not be uh, achieved in the same form and shape but they can always lend a certain goal and a certain purpose to, uh, to being and to expressing yourself. Um, I think closely linked to life purpose is the creative expression. And I can talk about that. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, so if, if, if I said to you, is there a conventional meaning, Pavna, of what a creative expression is? In my books, no. Okay. Uh, I think there is a conventional notion that creativity is, let's say, about performing art. It's about you know music, dance, and uh, you know that creativity or that stuff, painting or poetry or whatever. Uh, my mother, whose story I shared with you, is not trained in writing poetry. It's just an expression of her life experiences. So a trained poet may go through her poetry and actually say that, you know, it doesn't really match up. But I don't think that's the point at all. I think creative expression is an expression of your being, your life experiences, your worldview, the way that you make sense of what the world is all about. It could even be cooking, for example. It could be how I keep my garden. That is a unique expression of who I am uh, and how I express myself, and that's my creative expression. And it's safe to say, Pavna, that there is no one way to express yourself, right? I mean, you may be a poet, but you may find as you age, you find other creative ways to express yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do think that we as uh, human beings are actually a, a multiple 
a variety of identities. We are not just that one thing that, or two things that we may have been, or certainly not the roles that we play. So a lot of us look at ourselves as, uh, you know, mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, daughters, sons, but those are the roles that we play. The self is so many more, so much more, it's this, that, and the other, and much, much more. And it could be something that you never knew. For example, let me tell you about myself. I'm 46 today, very close to aging. And, Happy birthday. Uh, yeah, I, I could be. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank you for sharing your birthday with us. We really do appreciate that. And uh, I could be, um, I could be, um, I've lost my train of thought. Okay. <laughs> uh, I never saw myself as a storyteller up until a few weeks ago. I've been telling stories or narrating incidents uh, all my life, but I think uh, it's a new identity that I have embraced for myself very recently. And I'm loving it. And, I, and, and that's what led me to redesign today's session. I would have typically done a PowerPoint presentation. And I decided, well, maybe not. No, I, you know me. We've talked before. I, I, I don't mind this at all. This is wonderful, this interaction, because I think it really you're expressing who you are. And I was going to ask you, if you don't mind, Pavano, what is your life purpose? Yeah. So, um, I think my life purpose has been evolving over a period of time. There was a point at which I just wanted to explore my freedom and just express myself through hobbies. So I gave up my corporate career and I just did not want to be only what my corporate career defined me to be. I wanted to be everything that I could be. So I chose to be an organization consultant, and I chose to be a motorcyclist, and I chose to be a crocheteer, and a gardener, and a cook, and explore whatever that I enjoyed. I just wanted to be someone who enjoyed life and lived it to its fullest. I think the purpose of my life was also to, and then led to taking my life experiences and offering something for the greater good, for social good. So my life experience in losing my dad fairly early in my life to a terminal illness was that of being a caregiver to the caregiver. My mother was the primary caregiver. And in watching her journey and in being the caregiver to her, what I realized is that primary caregivers tend to be invisible, unrecognized, underappreciated, and they are actually pivotal, not just in the healing of the, um, of the person who is being looked after, but also for the healthcare system, for society, for bringing up the next generation, Caregiving is something that will never go away from our lives. So um, caregivers are actually pivotal, but they are uh, hidden. You need to shine the light on them. So I took upon myself to create an organization that would shine the light on caregivers 
especially in the social context in India, where uh, caregiving is deeply embedded in our family role. So um, my purpose changed. And today my purpose is to not just follow my dreams and hobbies, but also to do everything to create an ecosystem for family caregivers. I also believe that hopefully over a period of time, the purpose of my life will be to simply enjoy life. I think we are very blessed uh, to have this life in whatever form and shape. And uh, it would be a gross injustice if I could not live it to its fullest potential. So the purpose of my life is to enjoy and live it and help as many people as I can to live their life to the fullest. I'd like to go a little bit deeper if you don't mind, Pavna, on obviously you were, you're very, you're, you share the story about your father um, and that your mother was a primary caregiver. Yes. I'd like to, if, if you don't mind, what did you learn about the personal caregiving by watching your mother that has shaped you? I mean, now that you, you've, you've gone into some detail as far as what you're doing now, but I assume that, was, that, that shaped you emotionally as to who you are today. Of course. There are so many things that I learned uh, in, in going through that journey and uh, watching that or participating it, in it uh, as a caregiver to a caregiver. The first thing that I learned is that a large number of times caregivers are often traumatized themselves. And it is very hard for them to seek support. And it can become very difficult for well-wishers to reach out and support because um, you can see what's going on, but you just don't know how to offer help. So as a well-wisher or you know, somebody who cares for the caregivers, very often people don't know how to make a connection. And the caregiver doesn't know how to seek support. Um, it is uh, worthwhile that maybe some kind of a facilitator or a third person or a trustworthy person can come and help the caregiver navigate through that journey. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that caregivers tend to be on an adrenaline rush or a high, wanting to do a lot of things themselves. I think it is absolutely essential for caregivers to recognize that it is okay to take help. That it is okay not just to take physical help in terms of another person giving you respite. It is okay to take the help of technology. It is also okay to take help for yourself and your mental health, because that enables you to, um, to create a sense of well-being in the entire environment, which can lend to healing. So um, I think the well-being of any individual, especially caregivers, has seven elements, the way that I see it. If you study the literature around well-being, you will find there are many, many ways of looking at overall well-being. 
But I look at it with seven aspects or seven elements, and these are physiological, psychological, and spiritual, which would be the core. And then there is the interface with the world, and therefore social well-being, financial and legal well-being, and uh, uh, creative, uh, sorry, life and work purpose. And the seventh is your creative expression. In fact, I think, and I have written a, a piece on this as well, which is that a caregiving journey can be fairly traumatic and can cause a lot of complicated grief. You know, grief often is associated with uh, the loss of a person. However, we don't recognize that grief is also about loss of dreams, loss of relationships. Uh, the changing nature of relationships, especially when it comes to long-term care. Caregivers undergo complicated grief or anticipatory grief when it, there is long-term care. And it is absolutely essential for them to know and understand how they can process this, not just during the caregiving journey, but certainly after the caregiving journey. And this caregiving journey and their ability to process that grief can actually create transformation. And I, I, I would like to use the example of my mother's story that I told you. Up until the point that she could deal with her grief and process that grief through her writing and through her expression and through her painting, uh, it was hard for her to, to to be this vibrant person that she is today. Um, I think even her face looks different. She looks younger than what she did when she was really going through the uh, the emotions of caregiving. Yeah, you had you beautifully said. By the way, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day that had a similar situation as a caregiver for a family member. And she just said the importance of a team that you can't take it all on yourself because as yeah. you addressed the, the emotional, physical toll it takes on you, the amount that you're willing to take it on, it does really impact you. But to, if, if, if able to have a team, a support team, to yeah. kind of maybe give you a breather it is extremely important. It is, it is. And I think uh, long-term illness or sometimes difficult aging. So for example, we are an aging population and a the, the previous generation did not know aging as much as it will impact us. Um, there are higher incidences of mental health conditions. There are higher incidences of neurological conditions, dementia and things like that that impact everybody, the whole family, sometimes the society, when that happens. And um, we are learning new ways of coping with, uh, you know, with aging. We don't understand aging. Up until, a, you know, a couple of generations ago, people didn't live that long. Um, so, um, so, so, so it is absolutely uh, essential that when we look at care, uh, we look at it like bringing up a child. So, for example, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to look after 
an aging, wise, contributing citizen. Absolutely. Well, this is this has been wonderful, Pavna. Um, how can people find you? So um, I think uh, the best way to reach me is over LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Hafna Isis. Uh, there aren't too many with that name and spelling, but you can also reach me through my website, um, which is uh, www.samdhaavna. It is uh, .com. It is Sambhavna, which is Hindi or Sanskrit for possibilities. And uh, also you could reach me through my website for caregivers, which is www.caregiversathi, S-A-A-T-H-I, which is Hindi for companions. So as companions to caregivers, so caregiversathi.co.in, and my email ID would be uh, bhavana dot i double s a r at s a m b h double a v n a dot com or bhavana dot ether at caregiver s double a t h i dot co dot n. Thank you. Well, thank you, Pavna. So uh, as far as knowledgeable aging, you can find us on social media. Um, what we do with a lot of our webinars, like today, th this this amazing conversation with Pavna will be on our YouTube page. We encourage you, to, encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube page. Also, you can find us, our podcast is pretty much everywhere, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, et cetera. Until next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.